0: We are uh, on a series, um, we're looking at uh, the whole uh, issue of normal Christianity, what is the norms of Christianity, the challenge for us being that for many people, um, they have a wonderful salvation experience, but then it all seems to stop there, um, that uh, you know some of us think we're mature because we've been Christians a long time, but maturity is about growth not about time, Yeah? You with me on that? Okay. And so this series is kind of aimed at looking at what are the norms of our faith? What is normal Christian life? What is normal Christian behavior? What is normal Christian experience? And I'm crackling. It's going to be one of those days. Clearly, somebody doesn't want this message to get out. All right. So um, today, uh, I'm going to read from First Corinthians uh, chapter 14. So if you're following me in your Bibles, First Corinthians Chapter 14, I'm going to begin at the beginning of the chapter, which is always good. 1 Corinthians 14, from verse 1. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says this, "...Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit." Button there, and I just want you to first of all clock that verse 5 there, which I've put in bold in my notes that says, Paul's saying to us, Now I want you all to speak in tongues. Did he get that? <laughs> now I want you all to speak in tongues. And then he says, But even more to prophesy. That doesn't mean that he wants us to speak in tongues less but he'd like us to excel more in prophecy than in speaking in tongues. More about that in a moment, but I want you to understand that this is something for all of us, for everybody. This, what we're talking about here, is normal Christianity, that we um, uh, have been saved by the grace of God, that we have been born again, that last week we were talking about being a new creation and all that that entails, that we have been given this wonderful ministry of reconciliation to bring others into the same experience. And there is a whole raft of things that God gives us for our growth and our well-being. And two of those things, the two particular things we're going to talk about today are tongues and prophecy. Now you might ask, Why focus on those two things when in chapter 12, Paul gives quite a long list of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us? Well, I want to focus on those two things because actually the New Testament focuses on those two things. When we look at the book of Acts and we look at the normal experience of the church, when people are converted and then baptized in the Holy Spirit, the first thing that happens is they start speaking in tongues and prophesying. And for the apostles, these were the signs that people had received the Spirit. That they had been baptized in the Spirit. That they had begun to engage with that supernatural element of our faith. These were the signs for them that that was what was happening. And so if you look through uh, the, the book of Acts, it's actually normal Christian experience. You have four occasions where uh, the Holy Spirit is poured out on groups of people. And uh, on three out of those four occasions, it says straight away that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. On the fourth occasion, we're not told what happens, uh, but it's clearly something supernatural because there's a guy who, who thinks, you know, if I could actually lay hands on people and these things happens, I could charge for it. I can make some money. And so he offers money to the disciples to get the gift. So we're not told what the manifestation was. But clearly it was something supernatural. Clearly it was something that was not the norm unless, of course, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of the backdrop of all of this. And Paul, um, as he teaches the church in Corinth, draws attention particularly to these two gifts. Because... A number of reasons. One, because these gifts are being abused in Corinth and so he's trying to bring some remedial teaching here. He's trying to sort out the issues that exist in Corinth and get some balance and get some order there. But also because these things are the staples of Christian life. And I'll tell you why that is in a moment. But these are the things that are actually, these are things that God gives us, gives each one of us as we're filled with his spirit to actually, uh, strengthen ourselves, strengthen one another, and grow into maturity. Yes? Okay. So the first thing I want you to see that Paul says here is this. Paul says that we should earnestly desire. And um, one of the reasons that we don't prophesy very much or we don't speak in tongues very much is basically because we don't want to. We can't be bothered. Um. I think I upset quite a few people a few years back at our national conference when Doug Williams had me on the platform and he was talking about the prophetic and he said to me, why do you think people don't prophesy very much these days? I said, basically because we're lazy. We're lazy. Paul says you have to earnestly desire these things. That requires you doing something. That requires you stirring something up in yourself that says this is what God wants for me therefore it must be good therefore I am going to pursue this. I am going to go after this. I, I want this because it's good because it's a gift from God and because it will help me and because it will help others. To earnestly desire it. To pursue it. Um, the uh, I don't want to get too much into Greek words and things, because I don't understand half of them myself. But um, he 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 does use quite a strong word there, which is not a kind of, if you feel like it, go after it. But actually, it's it's an instruction. It's a command. You know, earnestly desire. In other words, guys, get on with this. This is good for you. This is good for the church. Get on with it. You need to engage with this. And... My experience has, has consistently been that when I earnestly pursue something from God, God comes through. That if I am lining myself up with his will and purposes and I am pursuing with a, with a good heart, with some enthusiasm, what he wants, then usually we get it. Yeah? Is that your experience as well? Okay, so we're on a winner already. And then, uh, having said we should earnestly desire, Paul starts to talk about particularly the gifts of tongues and prophecy. Now, in Corinth, it seems that the problem was that they were actually, the the pendulum had swung kind of too far the other way. And um, they'd kind of become a a, a league table for tongues speakers. You know, that that, um, I speak in tongues more than you, therefore I must be more spiritual than you and, you know, should be given a, a more... A prominent position. You know, I prophesy more than you, therefore I must be smarter than you. And these sorts of issues floating around in the church that were creating mayhem and was creating kind of different levels of citizenship, if you like, for the kingdom, which has nothing to do with the plan and the purpose of God. These are grace gifts from God, which God gives to every spirit-filled Christian. And so you can, if you would like to, exercise these gifts and so he focuses in on these things he's he's sorting out the Corinthians but there's a lot for us to learn in terms of encouraging ourselves let's just focus for a moment on tongues the gift of tongues is the supernatural ability to speak a language you have not learned as you are enabled by the holy spirit in other words uh, you don't understand what you're saying because the spirit is speaking through you uh, it, it's a language um, Paul says that if you, sp- if you speak in tongues you're speaking to God so it's a, it's a prayer and a praise language and um, you don't understand what you're saying it's your spirit in, in partnership with the Holy Spirit that is praying and it's okay that you don't understand the words it's not a problem it's just you know, get on with it because it does you good um, Paul says that when we do this that when we engage in this we build ourselves up. And uh, that, that build-up phrase there is, and I do know about this one, is the, is the Greek word oikodome, which literally means to make strong. It's, it's a, a word that is borrowed from the construction industry. It's to do with laying a foundation and building and making something strong. And he says that if we speak in tongues, that's what's happening to us. That as I speak in tongues, I am strengthening myself. Even though what I'm doing is speaking to God, even though I don't understand what it is I'm talking about, there is a spiritual dynamic that causes me to be strengthened and encouraged as I speak in tongues. I find it profoundly helpful when I have no idea what to pray. Um, But what I find is that as I speak in tongues when I have no idea what to pray, pretty soon I have an idea of what to pray. Um, There are times in in worship when I run out of words to express what's going on in here and the ability to speak in tongues is a real blessing because I can just do that and know that God is hearing something from deep inside of me, from my spirit, you know, which will bless him and which blesses me as well because I'm, I'm kind of getting it out there even though I don't have the words to use in English to do that. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And as I do that, Paul says, I am strengthened. I am built up. I will be encouraged because I'm doing that. There is, um, there has been some uh, debate, not massive debate, over uh, whether tongues can be prophetic. So Paul, in that uh, last verse in the passage that we read, said that if if somebody brings a message in tongues, there should be an interpretation so that everybody can be strengthened by it. And um but in in other places, when Paul is talking about tongues, he 's talking about it very much being to God. If I speak in tongues, I speak to God. If there is an interpretation, people can say yes and amen to my thanksgiving and praise. Yeah? so he he kind of builds a picture which is Godward very often if if you know that those occasions in meetings where one voice kind of rises above all of the others... and there's a message in tongues... very often when we get interpretations to those things... they're more prophetic... more God speaking to us... now I, I'm not entirely sure about that... because most of what Paul says would lead you to believe... that tongues is a kind of a heavenward thing... and not a, an earthward thing... but um, I suspect this... that you know, when things like that are going on... the Holy Spirit is moving... we're all getting inspired... Uh, And things are starting to kick off in our spirits. And so one person will bring a tongue and that'll spark a prophetic word in somebody else and that's fine. Um, And it doesn't in any way invalidate the prophetic word. I just sometimes have a question as whether that's actually the interpretation. Which is why it's a good thing to have more than one interpretation. Because if we have that, then it gives us an opportunity to really get everything out that God is saying in the meeting. And I wouldn't want to be dogmatic about all of that. I have lots of scholarly friends who would disagree with me on that point. So it's not a hill to die on by any stretch. But when we when we get into those situations where there is some a clear message in tongues, there must be an interpretation so that the rest of us can be edified by it. So that the rest of us can be encouraged and built up by it. Are you with me? Yeah. But of course, that's in the context of a meeting. In the context of our day-to-day lives, you can rattle on in tongues as much as you like. In fact, if you're not doing anything else with your mouth, I suggest that's what you do. Because it'll do you good. It'll build you up. It'll strengthen you. You know? If you're not actually talking to anybody, then use your mouth to pray in tongues. If you're not actually having to, you know, do anything that kind of makes sense to your brain, why not engage your spirit? Because Paul says if you do that, you will be strengthened. You'll be built up. It'll be good for you. Are you with me? Okay. And uh, let's just zero in now a little bit on prophecy. The prophecy... <clears throat> um, in the Bible, you find more than one level of the prophetic. So, uh, in the Old Testament, you've got the prophets, who are people um, who are particularly and specifically gifted by God to speak prophetically to people. In the New Testament, of course, the Holy Spirit is poured out in the second chapter of Acts at, at Pentecost... And we are all blessed with the ability to prophesy. Are we going to be like the Old Testament prophets who spoke to nations and, and had, you know, great incredible revelation—the sort of revelation you could kind of get up and have a walk around in—and are we all going to be doing that? Uh, the answer is, of course, no, we're not. Um, but we should all be, in some measure, engaging with the prophetic. Um, a lot of commentators on the New Testament would suggest that for, for all of us there should be an element of the prophetic which is more to do with forth-telling than foretelling. In other words, that we're not engaging in prophecy particularly that tells the future, but what we're engaging in is communicating the heart and the mind of God to one another in a specific way at a specific time so that it encourages somebody. Are you with me? Um, I, I... couldn't count the number of times that people who have not known what is going on in my life have just come alongside me and said to me, Dave, I'm not sure if this makes any sense to you, but I just felt God saying this. And they'll say something which is usually quite simple, and uh, them not knowing have absolutely hit the nail on the head for me and left me encouraged and strengthened by the prophetic word. And that for us, uh, on, on a you know daily, weekly basis, is how it's supposed to work. That we are, I don't forget, we are earnestly desiring, we are pursuing this, we are looking for this, okay, we are looking for, you know, when, when I'm praying for people, the prayer that I'm always praying is, God, what do you want to say to this person? Because if I know what God wants to say, that will be the most helpful and the most encouraging thing for me to pray. Are you with me? And so, for each of us, we should be earnestly desiring that for one another. That, that when we come to ministry times, when we come to, to prayer times and, and praying for each other, that when we're uh, talking to people about how their week has been or how their day has been or, or whatever that actually there is something in us that is seeking God consistently for something from him to give to them, to sow into their lives so that they can be blessed, so that they can be strengthened, so they can be encouraged, so they can be comforted, so they can be inspired and helped to grow and to develop and to move on in their walk with God, with confidence. Yes? And that's 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 what... Um, I, Paul, I think, is trying to draw out here that he says if we prophesy, then that whole thing about building up and strengthening, we're then doing that for other people. So when I pray in tongues, I strengthen and I build up myself, but when I prophesy, I strengthen and I build up you or whoever it is that I'm prophesying to. And so he's trying to draw all of this out of us. Why? So that the church will be encouraged. Now, I've asked this question a few times. Let's try it again. Who, uh, you know, at some point this week, and at any point this week, would have enjoyed and appreciated some encouragement. Okay, that's pretty much every hand. The only hands that answer were the people who were asleep, so that's okay. Um, we all need encouragement. We all need encouragement. You know, um, in this journey with with building and community projects and everything else, it's very easy to get lost in all of that. And, uh, you know, one of the the ministers who was here on Wednesday just said to me on his way out, he said, you know, Dave, you're really about the work of God in this place. He said, it's fantastic. Now, that was enough to keep me going for the rest of the week. Just that one comment was encouraging enough for me, you know, to, to just plow myself into the rest of what the week had. Just one comment. Now just imagine if you're getting those all the time. Just imagine if we as the people of God were really engaging with this prophetic thing and earnestly seeking God and asking God all the time, what is it you want to say to this person? How is it you want to bless this person? And then have a go. Speak it out. Now I think with prophecy we have to be sensitive. You know, uh, We have to sometimes choose our time. We have to sometimes choose our words and if it's something which is directive, if it's something that we feel God is telling somebody to do we perhaps ought to check it out with one of the pastors or one of the leaders before we give it. Are you with me? Yeah. Because it can be very dangerous. You know? um, I have a friend and none of you will know him so I can talk about him quite freely so I'm not going to mention his name um, who many many years ago this is, as I was kind of growing in faith I, I was in a uh, a charismatic church down in Leicester. This uh, guy, this ministry was passing through, and for one of the guys, he was actually my house group leader at the time, who was in the church. He laid a hand on him and he said um, prophetically to him, um, "I really believe God is calling you to a teaching ministry." And he was overjoyed <laughs> because. Um, You know, in in that time, to be able to teach was, you know, the Bible was considered to be something quite, you know, wow. You were you were almost, uh, you know, in those days you were almost on par with an apostle. (laughs) If you could teach, you were almost at the top of the heap. And so he was really excited about this, and he went off and he and he bought some books and uh, and um, so the the uh, the senior pastor uh, put him on on a Sunday morning, give him a chance. Okay, I want to tell you it was awful every second of it was was awful um, he was a genuinely lovely guy and a genuinely godly guy but there was no way he was gifted to teach he couldn't even string a sentence together properly you know, and so uh, the pastor thought well ok it's, maybe it's the environment maybe it's too big an environment let's do this in house group let's give him a series to teach in, in house group and we tried that and it was just as awful um, there is no way that God had gifted him. to Now he was very gifted in all sorts of other areas. Very gifted. But his gift was not to teach. But he labored for probably three or four years before he gave up on it. Thinking that he was supposed to be a teacher. Because somebody had just come through and laid a hand on him and said, God's called you to be a teacher. He didn't check it out with anybody uh, he wasn't overly interested in, in the feedback. All he'd heard was, God's called me to be a teacher. That had become his focus. And so he lived his life on that for three or four years. And then he got to the point where he realized, actually, this isn't working. And uh, I need to actually rediscover myself and discover what God has gifted me to do. Now, I'm saying that because it's important. I think it, that, that God does speak to us like that. I think that God will speak to us through other people about calling and direction and things that we ought to engage in. God does that and I'm not, I am not—I don't want to undermine that. What I want us to be is careful with it. That if you have a word that is giving direction to somebody, if you have that kind of a word, you really ought to check it out before you give it. And if somebody gives you that sort of a word, you really ought to check it out before you take it on board. Okay? If I had listened to um, you know, words that were spoken over me, particularly when I was younger in the faith, I would currently be a missionary in southern India. I want to tell you, the absolute last place I want to be is a missionary in southern India. You know, I am not built for that. I really am not. But if I, if I had taken on board some of the words that were spoken over me, that's, that's what I would be doing. And quite clearly for me, and now I'm able to kind of, you know, the the wonder of hindsight, now I'm able to look back on my life, I know that that's not what God had for me. Okay? So it's very important that we check these things out and be sensitive with them. That said, you know, there are some pitfalls, there are some dangers we've got to be careful of, but that said, we must engage with this. Because we will build one another up. Paul says, I want you all to pray in tongues. Did you hear that? I want you all to pray in tongues. I would be happier if you would excel in prophecy. Now he's not saying forget the tongues. You can do both. You can have both. Okay, It's all yours. But let's excel at the things that build other people up. But let's make sure that what we are doing is building people up. And, and not just sewing things in that could potentially hurt them um, or wreck their lives. Does that all make sense to you? Good. Because guess what? We're going to have a go. <laughs> and uh, I want you to understand because I, we live in a, a church environment that so easily makes these things optional extras. And I really don't think they are optional extras. I, I, for me, this is normal Christianity. God has sent his Holy Spirit. I've been baptised in his Holy Spirit so that I can serve his purposes. And now I come to serve his purposes, I need some help. And so God... How does God express His power in me? How does the Holy Spirit work in me so that I can become more of who God wants me to be and do more of God wants me to what God wants me to do? I engage with the gifts that God gives me through the Spirit so that I can do that. Yeah, are you with me? So uh, this is not an optional extra. This is not a bolt on. You know, this is not you know take it or leave it. Actually, this is quite central to our maturing in Christ that we learn to engage with the Holy Spirit as fully as we can and that we allow the Holy Spirit to plant those things in us, to put those gifts in us and we, we seek after them. We earnestly desire them. We chase after these things so that we can be properly equipped and uh, ready and able to both encourage ourselves and encourage one another so that the church can be built up. Hello? And let me just... So, as well, just as an add on before we come to uh, to praying that this is not just for inside these four walls, very good, yeah. and this is not just for us to minister to Christians. Yeah. Yeah. I, am, I have a very clear memory of, of um, this is going back probably thirty years doing a, a mission in our village in a tent, and we had a big tent and we had a lot of music and drama and stuff going on. It was a fabulous time and I remember after one of the meetings, I'm talking to a guy um, who's just wandered over from the pub. Um, He didn't know what the inside of a church looked like. Um, He knew that there was a God but he would no real connection, no real understanding of who God was and he's just wanting to know what's going on. He'd heard the music, he's wanting to know what's going on. And Just as we're standing there, I just felt moved by the Holy Spirit to say to him, you know, God has a plan for your life and it's not what you think. God is going to draw you to himself and uh, you know he, he is going to change your life. You're going to meet him personally, he's going to change your life and then you're going to do things that you would never even dreamed of doing. They wouldn't have even crossed your radar. He's going to take you to a place to study so that you can be equipped to become uh, a teacher of the Bible and so that you can help people to find Jesus and understand how faith works. I said that, I really believe God's got that plan for your life. And he just looked at me like, you know, I know I've been drinking, but what have you been on? It was that kind of a look, okay? But I want you to know that that guy is now pastoring a church and has quite a strong teaching gift. Now, it's not just for inside these four walls. If, if god gives you something prophetically when you're having conversations with the people at work or the woman in the queue at Tesco's or wherever you know take a gulp and have a go and listen if you if you phrase it right so i always tell people they should check things out i always say to them does this make sense to you i say, you know i could be wrong here but this is what i am this is what i think god is saying this is what i think god wants to say to you And if you phrase it like that, then that's good damage limitation. But it it gives you the opportunity to get the word of God out to people who need to hear it. And if you have trouble doing that, just pray in tongues for a bit. It's easy. Are you with me? So this is for your strengthening and encouragement. It's for the building of the church. And it's for reaching the rest of the world. And God gives it to each one of us as we're filled with his Holy Spirit. He gives it to each one of us for free because of his love, because of his grace. You get it because it's good for you. And your role in this now and my role in this now is to pursue these gifts and to use them as frequently and as freely as I can to build myself up and to build others up. Yeah? Okay, so let's stand. Shell's um, going to come and uh, as you would expect tinkle the ivories for us although that's not ivory really now is it? it's plastic tinkle the plastic for us now listen the the gateway to these things is the baptism in the spirit you need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and uh if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit or you're not sure about that then th- that's where we need to start we need to pray that you would be filled so just while Shell starts playing there let's all just let's all just close our eyes for a moment let's all just you know let's focus on God if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit or if you're not sure about it I'd like you just to help me. I'd like you just to raise your hand so that I can see. Okay, I want everybody else to keep their eyes shut, but I'd like, um, it's great to have John and Pauline in the house this morning. I'd like John and Pauline to pray. I'd like Steve to pray. I'd like Russ to come out and pray. You keep your hands up until one of these people have come and prayed for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah? Just put your hands back up if you had your hand up. just here John thank you Jesus well let's let's add our weight to these prayers Father as as these precious people are getting prayed for, we pray, Lord, that you would come now by your Holy Spirit and fill them with power, that you would baptize them with your Holy Spirit, that you would fill them from the tops of their heads to the ends of their toes with your love, with your power, with your light. Father, baptize them now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be filled. Be filled. In Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.